Good evening, Starling City, and welcome to yet another Starling City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Alistair Kennedy, and always with me, Roshaw. And excellent. Here every <laughs> you still get me every week. Um, and we are back this week with some fantastic flash and awesome arrow. See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> Good one. And we've got um, some tasty wee DC news tidbits. One I'm more excited about than the other. The other one doesn't bother me as much as it has the 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 press, the headline grabbing media. Um, Ross, why don't you tell us a bit about what's been happening? Yeah, this bit of news kind of, it seems to have been out and about for the last couple of days, like maybe a day, two days. So this has kind of blindsided us on, on SCR. We didn't, you know, we're quite, I like to think we're quite good at, at keeping on top of yeah. what's coming out and spoilers and uh, whatever. But this one has just come out completely random. And um, uh, in a interview by, with comicbook.com, um, David Ramsey, who obviously plays uh, John Diggle, was directly asked by them if uh, that ongoing rumour that's been going on since, well, I don't know, episode one, season one, that is John Diggle uh, going to become John Stewart, uh, the Green Lantern, well, the second Green Lantern. And uh, what was interesting thing is that usually you kind of get these kind of like batshit insane rumours like are they immediately shot down by the uh, the actor either he just goes you know no that's it but instead uh, David Ramsey just turned around and said that uh, and, uh, and I quote is John Diggle John Stewart I cannot say yes and I cannot say no um, I do know that there is serious discussion about whether or not this guy becomes John Stewart but I mean I'll say this it is top secret I've asked them and they're like, we're working on some stuff. If that's the case, it's going to be huge. This is the stuff they want to avoid. I think they don't want anybody to know yet and they haven't even told me, but they have told me that they are thinking about it and that they are considering it. Now, that says to me that they've obviously uh, paying attention to the the fan base and what they're screaming for, which is John Diggle to become John Stewart. And it it genuinely seems that they're going to be... They're going to be taking this quite seriously into whether or not, well, first off, A, uh, would they be allowed uh, Green Lantern uh, onto a CW show, which I suppose after the box office failure of the original, of the first, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, mm-hmm. um, which I surprisingly like, um, whether or not they're allowed to do this. And if they do, how is this going to be brought in, you know? So it's quite interesting to think. And obviously, like, if we're only thinking about it now, then, you know, don't expect that anything... Uh, like a crazy appearance within like the next seat of the next like well probably one or two seasons but maybe further down the line maybe when sort of uh you know how they're always been quite adamant as saying like arrow will only run for five seasons so obviously like um oliver queen's story will end after five seasons but that doesn't necessarily mean that the universe will stop there and then after five seasons so it could be an interesting thing that once they've decided to finish up with oliver queen that could be a good, a good time to yeah. sort of bring in Green Lantern. So. It's like our original theory, Ross. The, the end when he goes, uh, he's turning off the, the Arrow Cave power and basically saying, I never ever got your name. And he shakes his hand and he goes, uh, Stuart, John Stuart, and just walks away. Yeah, exactly. And see if that actually happened like three years down the line. Yeah. And holy crap, we should be, we should be, get paid by all of you guys for, yeah. for, for coming up with these awesome theories but yes uh, so yeah just to recap there yeah it seems to be that um there's some serious behind closed door talks on whether or not they can bring john diggle into a into becoming a green lantern or or john stewart so uh very intriguing very interesting and just a bit of a sort of like random piece of news as well that came out there so yeah i'm quite, quite excited like to see what they're doing you know and especially kind of seeing how ballsy um 
the creative team behind our own Flash have become, you know, obviously, um, which we'll be discussing uh, further in the episode, you know, obviously, like, bringing in things like Gorilla Grodd, then you've got Atom, and then you've got, obviously, like, Raz al Ghul, like, they're obviously not scared of it, bringing in these, like, sort of, like, big, you know, big-style uh, superheroes. So, yeah, I think it could fit in quite well. So it'd be yeah. quite cool to see whether or not. And who everybody wants more of David Ramsey on screen, so what better way than having him a Green Lantern? Yeah, I, w- I would absolutely love that. And I wouldn't even want, perhaps maybe even in the final episode at the beginning, like a green light flies down and poof, whacks John Stewart, well, Diggle. And then at the end, he's kind of he's glowing green. And we don't see much, and that leads into a Green Lantern TV show. It could happen. And at the end, like I said, he shakes hand and he goes, I never even knew your last name. And he goes, uh, it's Stuart, John Stewart. That would be amazing. Be yeah, cool. definitely. It'd be, it'd be quite cool. And like... I definitely think because it, it it would be such a sort of maybe not John Stewart necessarily, but like the the name Green Lantern is is just so big. Oh, that yeah. it, it would probably would have to be you know you couldn't introduce him the way that they've introduced Adam. No. Like it would have to be an actual proper uh, show, a bit like you know maybe the way they did Flash, but even yeah. then that would be you know it wouldn't it probably wouldn't work too much. It'd be over it would overshadow Arrow too much if they did that. But um, but still either way. Uh, it's quite uh, an interesting piece of news yeah. and and a wee bit that I've just thought of on the spot there Ross um, Hal Jordan's best friend in the old comics uh, was Oliver Queen so what about this new version if his best friend what, turned out to be John Stewart the Lantern they do it that way all they need now is like a banged up truck and they just yep. have to travel around the US <laughs> road trip Hell I actually yeah. want the spin off like a Christmas spin off like uh, Ollie and Diggle's road trip and they go away like sunglasses on you know Terminator style uh, top off in the car but then that's, that would turn into a hangover style movie and I think that would work anyway that's <laughs> well that was <laughs> that was one of the DC the the DC movie um, rumoured films that was going to be announced was a, a Green Lantern flash uh, sort of like like a team up movie that was going to get released around the festive period, <laughs> but uh, that that was it. Uh, just a rumor. It's not. It's it's not uh, come to fruition. But still. But either way, though, I I, I kind of like. I, I would like to see that kind of, you know, rather than how Jordan have a John Stewart one because it'd be quite an interesting dynamic as well, considering they already have the foundations of that close friendship that you for any of our listeners that have read um, the old school sort of uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern comics, you'll understand that they have quite a close relationship, which they've already got in this show. So I, I kind of say, if if any Arrow staff listen to this uh, podcast, I say, why the hell not? You've got nothing to lose. <laughs> You've got, you're going to bring in a fucking talking monkey soon. So come on, <laughs> right? Let's <laughs> give us some Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, moving on to the other piece of news that to me, it's not really news. It's just, all right, fair enough. Just DC being DC. Yeah, DC. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, I don't. Uh, for our comic book re- uh, reading uh, fans, um, obviously DC have announced, and I think the media may have um, uh, given the wrong impression to a lot of the people that have heard this news. But um, according to the media, uh, there is no more New Fifty Two. Um, Obviously, for those that might not know, the New 52 DC Comics was basically an entire, a complete reboot of all their um, all their sort of uh, superheroes uh, three years ago. And now they've decided to get rid of that name and they're rebranding themselves to, I think it's called just DC Universe. Now, obviously, people just assume that DC's done another retcon and another sort of reboot of everything. But it seems to be quite a sensible decision because this, um, this New 52 has been going on now for three years. 
it's not as it's not new anymore and uh, taking away that branding kind of gets him lets him explore some more earths and universes yes fair enough it has gone away for the fact that they wanted to keep to one single con- continuity line but uh, and uh, the reason why DC had to do the reboot in the first place was because there was too many universes and Earths happening, and it seems like they're doing exactly the same again. But let's hope they can learn from their mistakes. Right? I mean, it's like, it was like fourth, fourth time a charm for DC because this <laughs> the fourth time trying to delve into. It. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It's not like it's, it could be seen as major, uh, major sort of news. But um, there are a couple of new titles that are be coming along as well um, in the summer. Uh, I believe uh, Black Canary is getting her um, solo adventure. Uh, we also see Red Hood and Arsenal team up as well. Hmm. And uh, there's Brza- uh, Cyborg as well gets his own run and uh, a couple of other bits and pieces as well. So, yeah, uh, if you guys keep on reading DC or reading DC comics just now and uh, you're getting ready to de- uh, dive into sort of the convergence or convergent uh, series give us a shout on our twitter at starland radio and let us know what you think of this news and stuff and see how how do you think that could affect the green arrow new 52 uh, i suppose we can't really call it the green arrow new 52 anymore the the latest green arrow um uh, storyline you know yeah. be interesting to hear your views yeah that would, that would be absolutely amazing and before we move on to flashing uh, arrow i've got a it's not. It's just what happened to me today. I was uh, up the town paying a wee bit more of my honeymoon, and I went. And this is not DC related. This is Marvel related. And uh, I'm going to Canada next uh, this year. Actually, fuck, it's this year. <laughs> going to Canada in October, and obviously we're going to need uh, heavier jackets, and I don't have one. So we went in and uh, a local shop here, Banks, shutting down where I used to work, probably because of that reason. And uh, <laughs> I went to buy my new jacket, and it was obviously a Parker jacket, right? And see when it gets scanned into the till, do you know what flashed up? What? Parker, hey, Cap- co- comma, Peter. Did it? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Tasha, look! And the guy at Banks, obviously one of those cool hipsters, and I was like, oh, Spider-Man. He was like, huh, yeah. I was like, all right, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, Spider-Man's jacket's mine now. It was blue. I was hoping for some like crazy like Captain Cold story there for a minute no. that you bought like a Parker, and I was like, "What? That'd be awesome!" <laughs> no, no, I came up saying Peter Parker. That was also anyway. Anyway, I digress. We'll move back on to Flash, and this week in Flash, uh, we uh, recap on Flash. Ooh, who was it we had? We had um, Cisco releasing um, the Pied Piper. His inner rage. Yeah. <laughs> Badass Cisco, we hints towards vibe there. He did get knocked in his ass a few times, but it was see that he was he almost did like a Roy Harper fl- random flipping <laughs> shit. This time he just like kung fu kung fu flipped a uh, Pied Piper over his back. I was like, what the hell? Where did that come from, Cisco? <laughs> I, do you know what? I, like I, I've said, I think I said last week as well, but I, if, it would not be Roy Harper without a random flip for no reason whatsoever, just because he can. It's absolutely See, brilliant. Now we've got a random flips and shit from Roy Harper. Now we just need to have uh, Cisco doing like random, uh, random judo throws every episode. And yeah. sorted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, was it the Sound and Fury this week, or was it Crazy? For you. This is uh, crazy for you. This crazy one, and we kind of we get to kind of see uh, it's kind of focuses on Caitlin and Barry That's Allen right. realizing they've been pining for uh, lost loves, and uh, they decide to try and um, do karaoke to, to like, get over it. <laughs> so yeah, it's trying like meet new people and and you know become a wee bit more sociable. Um, 
And then, obviously, on top of that, the subplot of the entire episode uh, was, of course, Cisco Ramon um, deciding that it would be such an awesome idea to release the Pied Piper <laughs> in order to figure out what has happened to Ronnie Raymond, a.k.a. Firestorm, which I'm pretty sure all the clues that he managed to get from um, the Pied Piper, uh, he could have easily have done it from his cell anyway. But uh, either way, uh, they managed to... Um, so, that, so he did that as well. And then... Um, the on top of that we had another sort of like random villain of the week who i believe is called peekaboo uh, is our actual like is our, i think is the villain name is peekaboo and uh, this woman can um can basically teleport herself to places that she can see and uh, she just like robs a couple of banks with her sort of like crazy boyfriend and of course it's up to flash to try and figure out how to stop somebody who can teleport so we had like sort of like those were the three main so storylines and like overall it was an all right it was an all right um enjoyable uh, yeah it was a it it was a great episode it really was it it was probably the most enjoyable out of obviously the two um i i did completely forget grant gustin had already appeared in um and uh, is it called Glee? Yeah. So obviously when it was like karaoke, and I was like, oh yeah, shit, he can actually sing in real life too. <laughs> yeah, because um, when he went in the microphone, uh, Natasha obviously went, oh, he, he won't be able to sing. And then she clicked, she went, oh no, he was in Glee, this will be good. And I was like, it's not yeah. why we watch Flash Women. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we kind of, so that was an interesting thing to kind of like see Barry and Caitlin's uh, relationship grow. Yeah. Um, as kind of friends, it was like, I, it did, well, it didn't feel it at all, but I was a wee bit... When I realised, like, oh, here we go, it's going to be like a Caitlin Barry centric thing. This is going to be where they, they fall for each other and it's going to be anything. But they didn't actually do that, which I thought was quite impressive. Mm. I was expecting some sort of, like, crazy, you know, like, uh, a, a mistaken kiss between the two, you know, to start up, like, that stupid work sort of love yeah, relationship. especially when he, like, helped her get dressed and she was like, did you yeah. sneak a peek? I thought it was coming there. But uh, but it was brilliant, though, the way they handled it, and, and it just cemented their friendship mm. more than anything else, which is brilliant, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that was a good sort of part of it. Um, they obviously uh, the other best part of it was seeing Cisco become like a wee bit of a judo badass. Although <laughs> he did get his ass handed to him, he did throw in a couple of cool moves. Um, although he does have the mental capacity of a five year old by trying to unleash a, a, a basically a supervillain, uh, will release a supervillain just to figure out something that he was specifically told not to figure out. But he did it anyway. I do kind of like how straight to the point the Flash is because there was, I think, there was a quote where um, uh, I think uh, Caitlin says to Cisco, "Didn't I tell you not to look into Ronnie Raymond's death?" And he's like, "Yes, you did, but I did it anyway." <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like, "Yes, we don't need to have all this like stringing out sub- subtlety. Just tell it how it is, Cisco." Uh, so he goes away and does that, and we kind of learn a wee bit more about this Professor Stein. And uh, it turns out that it, they finally it was a clever way of. Well, when I say clever way, it was a kind of a nice simple way for obviously for the non-sciency um, uh, audience members to kind of click as to how they managed to merge with each other. And uh, it was a nice sort of explanation as to what's happened and why Ronnie Raymond might be a little bit sort of uh, cuckoo crazy at this present moment. So it seemed they've certainly seemed to have set themselves up for maybe a good couple of episodes forthcoming, uh, which I believe we'll be delving into uh, the sort of the background of Firestorm a little bit more and everything. So it was a nice way to set it up. Obviously, the Pied Piper escapes in the end. Um, 
which uh, you know why I'm I just I'm not even going anymore. It's such an idiotic thing to not even find out the location of Firestorm, and that was all he's given. But anyway, so Pie Piper's on the loose again. So obviously, so and that's a couple of like uh, his sort of um, Flash's rogues seem to be back on the loose. So definitely, they seem to be subtly hinting towards like a proper rogues gallery team up towards the end of the. Uh, towards the end of um the season i'd like to see obviously like heatwave captain cold uh glider and now pied piper maybe a couple of others sort of come together what could be quite cool would be seeing like the rogues trying to fight flash and then in the in the amongst of it um grod will appear um which obviously from my um opinions of all that brings me to obviously the final scene of the whole thing where you get to see that gorilla grod is actually seems to be doing some kind of crazy cycle shit down and uh down in the sewers you don't get to see the full gorilla uh himself yet but you did get to see the shadows and he takes out two two sort of sewage workers and you see the graffiti of grod written everywhere so they certainly are definitely like hinting either grod to obviously appear this season but possibly setting him up for the overarching villain for season two. So very interesting times for Flash and Crazy for You was a it was a strong episode, you know, and there wasn't really too much at fault with it. Just the anticlimactic end, I think, to like Peekaboo's sort of like crime spree. But to be honest, that wasn't really the main focus of the episode. It was everything else instead. This was just something that they just added in just so that people could see Flash use his powers. Uh, so what about yourself, Ali? What did you think of? I, I did like it, and I'm sure this one had a comment where someone came up with Peekaboo's name, and uh, Cisco said, "Hey, I do the names." <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, somebody did say that, and it's like it's me that does the names. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a funny wee like uh, self-knowing reference, but um, I did like it. I liked uh, the whole episode. Was kind of it was kind of down down key from recently. There wasn't much action. The teleport ghetto actually reminded me a lot of. Uh, uh, the girl from the game Infamous First Light, there was just something about the way that she teleported and stuff. It, Andy disagrees, but Andy disagrees with anything I say. So um, <laughs> I, I did I did like it, um, but it was kind of weak compared to previous episodes. We didn't get really much of Reverse Flash. We didn't get any of that storyline furthered. Gorilla Grodd, would, like you said, we didn't see the whole thing. We maybe seen his face, a glimpse of his arm, and he just grabbed him around the corner. Um, did you not think it reminded me of um, the opening scene of Jurassic Park where the guy yeah, was with the raptor. The corner? Uh, yeah. yeah, when the raptor tries to pull the guy out of the cage, it reminds me of that and I was like, well, hell, fuck yeah see if I was directing that scene, I would have done exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> it was like when the, you mean when the raptor's getting put into its pen and it grabs the guy and it's like, ah, yeah yeah, yeah, right at the start when they're yeah. releasing the raptor and he sort of like uh, gets dragged around the corner of the pen thing. He's like trying to hold on. Well, the kind of it looked like the same kind of shot happened with the sewage worker with Grodd, which is quite cool. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy that. It, was, it, it, it did. It, it did it well. Like I want to see more of Grodd, and it looks like we are going to. Maybe not until season two, though. You know, it might be like he's slowly developing like his speech and things because the Grodd. If you noticed it, like at the beginning, it wasn't spelt properly it was written messily and the last grod that was written kind of big was written better so um yeah and plus remember they are trying to bring in a, a talking gorilla so i don't really think you can do that over <laughs> two two short scenes in an episode so i would be a bit more sort of like i, I certainly would be a bit careful in introducing a talking gorilla as pretty much one of flash's main foes <laughs> yeah i suppose I mean, like 
obviously for the for the our listeners who might not know who Gorilla Grodd is, we've probably make it made it sound the most ridiculous concept that's ever existed. But uh, in the comic books, it works, and in the cartoons, it works, and it will work in the show. It's just they really do need to take, take the time. time. Yes, <laughs> I agree because uh, do you know it'd be a clever idea, like showing them full on alongside when the new Planet of the Apes movie gets released at the cinemas. You know that would make sense, so that the the general public is kind of like, oh yeah, there's this movie, so talking gorilla are okay but i don't know i'm not the one that makes the flash i should be the one that makes the arrow but um anyway i, <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy it like i said and um my girlfriend was sorry my fiance was very uh, amused at him singing it uh, the glee style song i can't even remember what they were singing um but yeah it was good um i, I would have sneaked a peek if i was barry though um when he was like undressing her and he span round fast as hell. Um, Flash is is not really had a bad episode. That's all I could say about it. Like compared to Arrow, Arrow's had some mm, that was okay episodes. Um, this was closer to that, but it still was miles ahead of much, much, much yeah. more TV shows. Considering the quality of all the episodes Flash have had so far, it's kind of like you could forgive it for having maybe a mediocre episode uh, every so often. Uh, and you've got to remember that this is in its first season as well. So. Of course, and for a first season of a show. But to give it credit, like if it wasn't for Arrow, there wouldn't be this. And I mean that literally because they would practice, obviously, with um, Arrow to know what works and how they can tease things in, which is pr- why they probably, if they went with Flash, first gorilla grod might have been forced in too quickly you know so i'm very glad that they did it this way um but yeah let's let's move on to arrow um that 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 is enough on flash as far as i'm sorry i'm reading something that's why i'm starting um that is that is enough on flash i'm looking forward to the next one called the nuclear man which hints towards more of firestorm um, I did blow Tasha's mind when I was telling her about Killer Frost when she was asking more about Caitlin and uh, Cisco as well yeah. becoming Vibe, which may or may not ever happen in the show. But I think it will, but um, it's certainly going to be a very... I, I could see that one. I mean, look how long they've taken on Arrow to introduce the actual Black Canary. So, oh, yeah. you know, and they still haven't really fully introduced her yet. You know, she's still like in her learning stages. So I can see something similar happening with Caitlin and Cisco. You know, it, I don't think it will be until like the third or fourth season of Flash before you kind of get to see Killer Frost becoming, well, Caitlin becoming Killer Frost. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. But like, um, I, I still remember telling Andy and uh, Natasha about, like, uh, Black Canary. As I told them from the beginning, by the way, it's going to be Laurel. Why? How can that be true? We've already got Black Canary. And I went, nope, Black Canary <laughs> is Laurel, trust me. Um, Dinah Laurel Lance, and they, they wouldn't believe me. Natasha wouldn't believe me. And I even said that during this episode of Arrow. Look at her with the blonde hair. Look at her in the Canary outfit. What did you say last season? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, as, uh, as we've moved into Arrow, it was called Uprising this week, and I'll let Ross take the reins of this merry sleigh. Yeah, it was, uh, in my opinion, it was one of the most anticlimactic episodes that have ever existed in, in Arrow. Um, but uh, before we get into my sort of mm. dissection of the episode, Uprising pretty much came to the sort of the ultimate conclusion of what has been described by the writers of Arrow as their sort of like trilogy of the sort of um, the death and resurrection of uh, Oliver Queen. Uh, We get to kind of see the conclusion to uh, uh, Brick's sort of rule over the glades. Um, I believe in this episode as well, like over three weeks worth of sort of in-universe time had passed as well which brings uh, Arrow back in sync with Flash. Uh, I'm not sure if we've mentioned that beforehand, but 
it certainly seemed that which is kind of why Flash hadn't really covered uh, Oliver Queen's death, even though they're quite like you know Barry's quite close, is because I believe Flash was three weeks ahead of Arrow a couple of episodes ago. Now they seem to have like caught up because I believe if you look at this week's episode, you see that um, Brick has had control of the Glades for the past two weeks or something like that, and then at the end Felicity says, "Oh, you've been gone for nearly a month." So I am under the assumption that the past sort of like three episodes have taking place over like an in-universe month so yeah basically we kind of see the conclusion of Brex sort of dominance over um uh over the glades we kind of see team arrow finally having a uh, well uh, team arrowless and um, finally have um you know coming together working together more effectively with like sort of a single uh, goal in mind now rather than just pining for oliver queen um and uh yeah we kind of uh, and then we also get to sort of track Oliver's sort of journey back from um, from wherever he was uh, held uh, while he recovered back into Starlin City. And we also got to see, which is quite cool, uh, a Malcolm Merlin-centric flashback, which was a nice change from the sort of all the Hong Kong action that we've been getting. So we got to delve into Malcolm Merlin's past a little more and find out exactly why he became the man who he was. And uh, obviously finding out that... Uh, he um uh, the reasons why he became uh, the magician were uh, completely false <laughs> so uh yeah it was quite interesting so obviously the first part of this whole thing was the main brick idea now i think brick is probably one of has been the strongest villain of this season so far and he's only been in it for like three episodes uh I think he's absolutely phenomenal he's outshone vertigo who's only been in one episode he's outshone razor ghoul who'd only been in like one or two episodes as well and um yeah so brick to me had a, a, a fitting conclusion to him i don't think that's going to be the last we're going to see of brick he's um you know he's been arrested but he'll he'll find himself back out there i reckon definitely um and then obviously tying in with the brick storyline was uh, seeing the sort of the, the the now well-oiled machine that is team arrowless as i'll call it just now um and we kind of get to see uh, Red, uh, well, Arsenal and Canary fighting side by side, along with sort of Diggle and Felicity again taking control of um, of the whole sort of like communication oracle esque uh, um, style planning, which is quite cool. And we get to see them sort of like work really well together actually, and it just goes to show that they don't really need. They probably suffered without Arrow's leadership, but they kind of don't need his skills and expertise because they did kind of hold themselves off quite well. Um, obviously up to the, the whole sort of final riot. It was kind of season two, mirrored season two, sort of like mini Glades riot in the big street, which is quite cool seeing sort of the people rise up against Brick rather than just the um, rather than just the mask vigilantes. Um, so yeah, we kind of got to see all that stuff, which is quite cool. And then uh, I, as I was saying about the Malcolm Merlin flashback, we kind of get to see why Malcolm Merlin became who he was, which is because his wife had been murdered. And uh, it turned out that the person he thought had murdered his wife hadn't. It was actually an actual fact brick, which uh, I thought was a nice fitting sort of um, round circle idea and uh, enhanced sort of brick's deadliness and um, sort of, yeah, uh, uh, an authority by the fact that he was the one that pretty much caused Malcolm Merlin to become who he was. Well, caused Malcolm Merlin to become who he was, which just gave him that extra gravita as a villain as well. Um, so we kind of get to see Malcolm Merlin finally seek his redemption, uh, almost type idea. And then finally, within the um, uh, arrow, finally turns up at the end in the most anticlimactic, lackluster way you could possibly think of. 
uh, he arrives in the scene towards the end of the uh, the whole riot fight, uh, declares himself back and not leaving the city from then on. And then we kind of get, I wouldn't really call that a shock or a twist, but we kind of get the, the sort of revelation that Oliver Queen is going to now start working with Malcolm Merlin in order to defeat Raz Al Ghul, which I felt was a wee bit, was a wee bit shitty uh, considering how much Felicity was telling everybody not to work with Malcolm Merlin. And then all of a sudden, Harold comes back and he's like, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> it's kind of like, shit, man. Um, so yeah, for me personally, I didn't really think it was a, it was an okay episode. Like, the like the it was good to see the big riot and seeing the sort of team arrow list work well together uh brilliant uh, it was a brilliant debut as well a wildcat it was great to see ted grant actually ma- like mask up and um take on a vigilante role um and the malcolm merlin flashbacks were really really well done i really enjoyed them uh however it, the episode suffered with like a slow build-up and it just it was very anticlimactic considering it was the return of Oliver Queen. I was expecting something a little more uh, action-packed or exciting uh, in terms of like how he came back, not just swinging through the aftermath of a riot and uh, telling everybody he's back. I was kind of expecting more. So what about yourself, Ali? What did you think of Uprising? I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, I agree with everything you said, but I disagree with it not being good for the main fact that it was highly enjoyable seeing Merlin's flashbacks. I I thought that made the episode. Um, I'll give you everything else that was in it. Um, It proved... Sorry, before you continue, I've just realised there's one thing, right? Is it just me, or can Malcolm Merlin only keep on his mask for like five seconds before he has to take her off dramatically? And every time he does take her off dramatically, it looks like he's out of breath. Like, what does he do under that mask? (laughs) Well, it's the Botox. Remember how he's the originator of Botox? It's like steaming up inside, so he can't breathe so well. Um, (laughs) And uh, I just... Sorry, but the other thing I, I, on my notes I've just missed there. Um, when they're in the the police station that's been taken over by Brick, and then there's the reveal that uh, Malcolm Merlin is like helping uh, Arsenal and Canary out, and uh, I just kind of I could just see uh, Malcolm Merlin should have just like standing there going, "It's me, bitches," <laughs> and it's like, "Fuck yeah, John Barrowman, yeah." <laughs> I love John Barrowman, I really do. Um, but yeah, and this uh, episode I did I did like it. I did like the Merlin like showing him. I did and I didn't like the reason I liked the episode was showing Merlin and I like this version but Merlin it's kind of making us have sympathy towards Merlin which I didn't like hopefully though he'll do something dastardly yet again which I'm sure he will that'll make us not like him again um but it's making us we should sometimes you shouldn't understand your villains like the Joker's a perfect example like you never know his proper backstory because even he doesn't really know it anymore because he's went mental like it's even uh, what will people it's uh, like the biggest understatement of the year, Ali, because he's gone a bit mental. Yeah. <laughs> it's like describing Joker. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, what? Just a bit mental. Just... Like, you know, not too much, just a bit frazzled. Just, yeah. <laughs> he's just a fuse or two, yeah. It's just led to him cutting his own face off. But anyway, <laughs> and, and I mean, in my... <laughs> <laughs> oh right rewind in the dark night like even you see Heath Ledger's uh, portrayal of him he's like telling all the different versions of his past and like I wish we had more of that now we kind of see that what actually happened to Merlin was that he was a decent guy whose wife died and he wanted revenge that's it so I wanted more of a mystical like 
kind of crazy like the Joker. I know it's kind of crazy again because <laughs> I wanted him like not full on batshit crazy like the Joker because that's not who Merlin is. But I wanted him cunning, but I wanted him crazy and insane for like I didn't want to know the reasons. If you know what I mean, Ross, I think he would have worked yeah. better without these reasons. However, it's good that they've done it. I did enjoy it for that. I didn't enjoy. Um, Specsavers donating contact lenses oh, yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to um, Detective Lance when Roy Harper was using the voice changer and he says Roy Harper and he went oh what? He goes do you think you throw on a mask and some extra leather and I wouldn't recognise you and he goes I guess I won't need this anymore it's like come on and I know Ross is going to hit me with his theory after this but I kind of disagree and um, we'll wait to see how it plays out but if he he can figure out Roy Harper just from looking at him who he's only met if, going by the Arrowverse the past two three years maybe longer and Oliver Queen, he's known all of his life. He's dated both of his daughters. He's known him and his family. He's walked alongside Oliver Queen. He's talked to him face to face. He's talked to Arrow before he even had a mask. And he couldn't figure out him. But Roy Harper, from the end of an alleyway, his eyesight came back. Come on. Now, <laughs> my, now obviously, I have an actual proper counter to that, right? But a wee sort of jokey thing is that the thing is, though, is that you've got to, you've got to admit, Roy Harper isn't the smartest person when it comes to his costume, right? He's literally not changed. Like, when have you seen Oliver Queen wear, like, a green hoodie? <laughs> like, you know, like, when he's, like, just Oliver Queen. Whereas Roy Harper has essentially just taken his red hoodie that everybody knows him from. Sure. Like, even when he was, like, a street urchin, everyone knew that that was Roy Harper in his red hoodie. And he's just decided, oh, you know what? I'm just going to stick with the same costume color. leather and put a mask on that. That is, yeah. I think Detective Lance commented on it. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my counter is obviously we love having a good wee joke about um, uh, about Quentin Lance and about the fact that he he essentially is now the only person in Starlin City that doesn't know who Arrow is. And right? I'm fully convinced before you continue that if we had a sort of civil war like Marvel did and Oliver Queen went, I'm Oliver Queen and I am Arrow, Quentin Lance would be the only person like on the toilet at that point to miss the whole announcement. I'm sure yeah. it would be. It just, oh, it is getting, it is getting a bit ridiculous, you know. And I just, I just want Detective Joe West just to come in and just be like, "What, dude? You, you being fucking serious? What even?" <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, um, my sort of like now I'm starting to feel bad for Quentin Lance is essentially why I've come up with this. So I decided to look through season two to try and find there must be some form of like interaction they've had. Like I, I, I started out my sort of. Uh, scientific research uh, and uh, sort of finding you know that scientific research yeah. watching season 2 is yeah. no scientific research yeah it's watching season 2 for science right because I was trying to figure I tried to find all the scenes that he had um, interactions with Arrow to try and figure out if there's anything was said or what even right and there was this one scene where he's speaking to Oliver Queen uh, I think it's episode 19 in season 2 and he says something along the lines of like oh um, you know, I would have like hunted him to the end of the earth to find out who is under the hood, but it's now got to the point where I don't even want to know who's under the hood. The moment I, the moment I know who's under the hood, then I'm immediately going to start like you know trying to put a face to him and knowing he might have family or people he loves. And then once I know that, you know, he's now become a person, not the symbol that the city needs. Kind of idea. I believe it. It's the the monologue sounded really close to like a Christopher Nolan Batman monologue type idea. Um, but which brings me to my point is the fact that I reckon that Quint Lass has known it's been Oliver Queen all along, but he just refused to acknowledge that it's Oliver Queen because the moment he does, then he'll start thinking about like, oh, who all the people that Oliver's close with and how much in danger they all could be in, AKA Laurel Lance. 
But I did like in this episode, though, the sin essentially just told him, oh, hi, Laurel's, like, Canadian. It's like, what? <laughs> like, especially considering, like, Laurel just, like, faked Sarah's, like, voice, like, an episode before. It's like, holy shit. So I reckon Quentin Lance is just going to go fucking ape shit. And then he, that, I reckon in the next couple of episodes, he'll just go ballistic. And he's like, I've known it's been Oliver all along. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> he's like, you fucking dicks. I've just been playing along with your antics. <laughs> and now you're mimicking my dead daughter's voice. That's it. I'm fucking done. <laughs> like, he's just gonna go ape shit, and then he's gonna become Joker because <laughs> he's gonna tad frazzle. He would, he would make a brilliant Joker. I tell you, he's, he's, he's gonna tad skitty. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna tad skitty. <laughs> Yeah, I apologize. Uh, yeah, that's my <laughs> However, though, just because that was me doing my scientific experiment doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that I, I think he doesn't need to go to Specsavers. <laughs> he yeah. still does. Because, I mean, even though he should have now by now done what he did with Roy Harper there to, um, to Oliver Queen by now, and he's like, oh, come on, you know, spare me the fucking voice changer. I know who you are <laughs> type idea, you know? <laughs> it's the fact that, though, like, he didn't even spend time in his costume like Roy. I want to know who makes his costumes because I don't think either of them can sew really well. Maybe Diggles. <laughs> well, he's yeah. like nursing his babies, so in a way. <laughs> I, maybe Diggles just like got so many more like talents under the sleeve that nobody knows about. He, be- he becomes a super villain called the Seamstress, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there is actually a hero or a villain called the Seamstress from like. <laughs> Way back in like the golden age of comics, yeah, kind of like if you're like you know John Diggle, wannabe Green Lantern, greatest house husband ever. <laughs> <laughs> because Roy doesn't even have the voice change about Inti's hood like uh, Ollie does. I yeah. just, uh, yeah, exactly. I just love the fact that, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I just love the fact that like uh, uh, Arsenal still has to like buckle all those fucking buckles and, <laughs> and shit like that, man. It's the most impractical costume you could ever think of. And I guarantee, though, I reckon I would. I always like think in universe, right? When they decided to design the costume, that's the one that Roy Harper came out with. And I bet Ollie would have turned around going, "That is the most impractical costume ever." And he's like, "Yeah, but it looks cool, so I'm going for it anyway." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm it's just like now in the Arrow Cave, like Oliver Queen's like ready to go out, and he's like, "Just give me five minutes. Got these million buckles to do. <laughs> I've got my laces. I've got to tie my corset. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like meet at the Arrow Cave at like eight p.m. But for Roy, make that four, so you've got four hours to get on your costume." <laughs> I'm still. I've got an image now. Of um, David Ramsey dressing like you know the stereotypical like uh, suit fitter sort of like uh, guy that you see in the old days who's got like the tight grey trousers, the waistcoat, the pins yeah. in his mouth, and does the oh, it's I... a masterpiece, you know. The, the tape around his neck. Yeah, the tape around <laughs> his neck. <laughs> Needs more laces, darling. <laughs> Are you being served? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so yeah um back, back on top rising I, I vinnie jones being vinnie jones is good and he is good in this like i do admit it he, yeah I, I just love the fact that like, that's only his only direction just be yourself and <laughs> be yourself vinnie obviously yeah. a, a football player back in the day and if anyone wants to look up vinnie jones you can see a photo of him grabbing a certain mr paul gasgoin's genitals during a football match and squeezing <laughs> them um yeah that was that's not even acting that was him as in real life uh, so yeah he is kind of a he was known as the hard man of football and um yeah he's, he's okay in this he's, he's good uh because he's playing himself i i do think it was kind of deflating but i re- see after the bloody nolan trilogy the fi- the 
finale, the, what was it called, Dark Knight Rises, like, yeah, we get it's in the title, you don't need to do it two or three times during the movie, so I'm glad he just came back once, but it's like, he just popped up, like you said, it was like, hey guys, I'm back, and it's like, uh, yeah, I was in jail, I was seeing a friend in Bloodhaven, I got arrested for the past two weeks, it's like, no you didn't, because they would have heard about it, you're such a liar, um, yeah. but, th- uh, not Thea, um, oh, jeez, Thea, mm, blonde girl, what is my memory like? Thea Queen, Oliver Queen, Diggle, Roy Harper. What's 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 the Felicity? Shit, Felicity. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? You cannot be meaning Jesus. Felicity, can you? Yeah, I was meaning Felicity. I forgot. My bad, listeners. Felicity. Um, she her taking the huff. The last thing you said was, "I love you." It's like you don't stop being this walking fucking cliche. Man up, either. Deal with Oliver Queen being Oliver Queen. You know he's not going to change. Or, you know, bugger off and start up another TV show like you did with Flash, except do it for uh, Brandon Ruth, who is not even in this episode. And I hate any episode now that he's not in it. So that says to me he needs a show, if, if nothing else does. Um, I want to see Adam. I want, I've, I've seen the costume now. I, I've seen Brandon Ruth acting his ass off. I've seen him stealing scenes. I've seen the Arrow team, uh, the directors even, possibly keeping away from Team Arrow just now, not just because of the story, but because he would rip up the screen in front of all of them. Just give him his own series, come on. You know, you've listened to us with a lot of things so far. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's looking good. I don't know what this is going to build up to, whether the finale is going to be Raza Ghoul, whether Merlin's going to turn again, but it's or it's going to be Brick, I'm not sure. Um, what's your opinions on the finale, Ross? Like, um, I building. think um, I don't know. I, th- mm, I mean, I think like over the last two seasons, we've had like devastating changes happening in Arrow. You know, where like people have been threatened, or like there's been an upheaval, but in a bad way. I think at the end of season three for Arrow, uh, it's definitely going to be uh, obviously like it's going to be seen as a try. It's going to be a triumph for Arrow. Like they've gone through quite a lot of shit over the past sort of like year, considering like Slade Wilson and all that stuff. And I think at the end of season three, they would have defeated Raz Al Ghul, like killed him. And, uh, they would have, um, you know, and, uh, Oliver Queen would have come to accept that he needs all this help in order to keep, in order to make, keep the people he loves safe. And, you know, I could, I would like to see like this nice fight. Well, nice sort of like penultimate shot of season three scenario where it does like the generic superhero pan in the building and you have like arsenal canary arrow and adam standing there and it's kind of like you know this is now a new dawn on starring city right or or what i would like to see a new dawn for star city because that's been hinted at that that's what brandon ruth yeah that's what palmer wants to call it so i'd like to see the but then what i would also like to see would be right the final final scene of uh, season three will be Razal Ghul's uh, corpse being dragged towards a, a Lazarus pit, right? And he's risen again. And I'd like to maybe like see like season four beginning with like a new dawn, sort of a new city named like almost like a rebranding. And uh, this, and then like maybe by that mid season, you see Razal Ghul turning up again. And like the League of Assassins would now become like um, not like a villain of the week. But like a constant sort of like underlying threat to Oliver Queen's sort of family, like 
like they're kind of like they're, they're, it's like I can see season four being Oliver uh, having to come to the acceptance that he's never going to defeat them. You know, all he can do is just keep them at bay for as long as he possibly can. And but that, that's what I would like to see happen at the end of season three. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that's going to be the big thing they're going to build up to is Oliver Queen just ad- accepting the fact that you know it's not just him that wants to keep the city safe. There's other people that want to keep yeah, the city safe. Uh, you mean, he, yeah, I agree with that, that he's going to finally accept his team, which he's never fully done. He's always kind of took it all on his own shoulders and used them as sort of yeah. not needed backup as he sees them, but accepting them as a necessary part in saving the mm-hmm. city. And Star City, like was mentioned before, obviously, and that's the name of the comics. So I would, it would be nice if that happened. And, I think if an Atom spin-off happened, they could keep it in Star City for just now, just a different part of the city, you know? That would, mm-hmm. instead of throwing them in a new city. Um, nice. But yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I think that would be nice, like the Lazarus Pit thing, um, Oliver Queen finally winning for once, yeah. That would be good. Yeah, like, I, th- I think we, I think they need, like, an actual proper, like, moral and physical victory in Stalin City. Like, you know, and I think that, I'd also, like, I'd like to see, by the end of Season 3, like, Team Arrow uh, not being viewed as vigilantes anymore, but as, as heroes. city heroes, you know, as actual heroes were, and even maybe not, even like him now being referred, like obviously, like uh, the media in Central City have taken towards like calling Flash the Flash. Yeah. I'd like to maybe see that bleed over into like Starlin City, where they're now starting to call him Green Arrow, yeah. you know, like and and so when you start season four, you're into a more sort of familiar territory maybe not as sort of like as naive and um young and happy looking as flash but sort of a step towards it but like not a in more, a bad way like a more mature know. superhero yeah yeah i like they're now just un- they've now understood what they're actually doing and why they're doing it like so far it's been oliver queen's own agenda as to the reason why people have been in the things we're now slowly getting the seeds being sown as to the fact that people are now kind of going oh hang on a minute we actually want to save the city for our own reasons it's not just all about you oliver queen you yeah. know we've got other people doing it and i'd like to see this half of the season him dealing with that and I'm really, I know I didn't like Uprising, but I'm really looking forward to the next, the following week's episode because that'll be him getting a chance to finally get back, sit down, and actually like you know see what the hell has actually happened to the city and what's been going on. And we, hopefully we can now see him trying to structure a plan and and basically just accept the fact that he'll need to change as a person in order for the city to actually benefit from his yeah. heroics. Yeah, it's all part of a journey. And like next week's called Canaries, so I'm going to guess that's something to do with obviously Sin telling uh, Detective Lance about her. Well, that as well. And uh, um, Vertigo's coming back um, uh, next week's um, episode. So uh, it's looking like Vertigo's going to... Um, sort of uh, hit out with his drug at Laurel and I think she's going to be thinking she's fighting against her dead sister throughout the entire episode wow. it's actually Vertigo um, that seems to be that's that that, that was, uh, apologies for the listeners if that turned out to be a massive spoiler but uh, the way <laughs> I've been looking at it, it's been like plastered around everywhere so far that it isn't a spoiler so yeah. my bad if it turns out to be, if it is a big spoiler but that seems to be what the reason is behind it so. Yeah and uh, also we've got the return after that, now is that Deathstroke Ross or am I wrong in saying that? No, it's been announced by Mark Guggenheim that the return does not does it uh, does not signify Oliver Queen's return or or Slade Wilson's return? Although Slade Wilson is in that episode, uh, what people are now thinking that the return might be is that the flashback episodes could actually see Oliver Queen arrive back into Starlin City during his five years sort of away. Oh. So, 
because uh, supposedly Tommy is in that um, episode as well, in a fla- and obviously in flashback form. So the rumours going around that it could be that Oliver gets a chance to go to Stalin City and check up on his loved ones oh. without obviously revealing himself, which is why it could be called The Return. That could be excellent. Well, what I would like to see out of season four, I know we're going to discuss this further near the end of the season, but I would like to see more about Oliver's son that's been kind of teased, you know? Hmm. That's the storyline I want him to start going down. I want to at least see him by the end of season four. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they deal with that because it has also been stated that, that everything that they tease or hint at uh, is there for a reason. Like They're not just done that for the sake of doing it. So it'll be very interesting to see how they approach that subject as well. Yeah. So we'll probably um, finish up right about there. Um, that's been it for this week. Uh, again, our website is still down. Do not visit Stalin City. Uh, radio.tk however you can get us on the twitter universe uh ross uh, you can follow us and tw- follow us on twitter at starling radio uh hit us out with any questions you'd like us to discuss any talking points specifically that you'd like us to um to to sort of like uh review over uh over the episode uh let us know your opinions obviously of this new um the comic book um sort of shuffle and also let us know what you think of the future of arrow and stuff like that uh, obviously our website's down but you can listen to us on stitcher radio and uh, we're on itunes as well uh, and we're also uh, are we still available on allgames.com on a friday night as well i believe or, we are yeah just before yeah. shieldcast yeah just before shieldcast so yeah get us at starling radio definitely and uh, give us a wee shout out and uh, shout out for uh, your opinions and uh, what you'd like to hear on the show so yeah Awesome. So that's been it for this week. Tune in next week where we may or may not have Andy, but we'll definitely have Flash, we'll definitely have Arrow, and you'll definitely have Ali, and you'll definitely have Ross. (laughs) Bye, folks. (laughs) 